Welcome to this week's episode, Baseball Family. Today, we are going to talk about the Rays losing. The Rangers get new City Connect jerseys, and it's our episode 200 extravaganza right now. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. What's shaking, Baseball Family? We're super excited about our 200th episode thank you for being here and we are going to get into a lot of really fun exciting details about it being our 200th episode but before we do that i have two things that i have to do first i have to ask mr bradman how he's doing tonight how are you brad i'm doing great brick thank you how are you i'm doing great doing just fine thank you very much the second thing we have to do before we get into our episode 200 extravaganza is tell you all of the things that you may have missed or wanted to know about that happened in the last couple of days those of you who joined us on the Thursday Night Live may have remembered that I predicted the Rays would lose on Friday, game one at the Rogers Center versus the Blue Jays. And by the way, bada boom, I was right. <laughs> so thank you very much. <laughs> they did. They did. You, you I was were... sitting doing the I told you so dance. Okay. <laughs> were you super duper smug? I hope you were super duper smug. Every day time. of my life, I'm super duper smug, but this was <laughs> special. <laughs> so, so they lost on Friday, then they lost on Saturday, and I was like, who would they have to lose to to erase that 13 game winning streak and lose 13 in a row? <laughs> yeah. So they would have had to go on and get swept by the Blue Jays, get swept by the Reds, and then I think get swept by the White Sox as well. And That's I right. don't see that happening. So no, they did I end up winning on Sunday, though. So yeah. Which is the day you said they were going to lose it. I said, if they lose, that would be the one. That's right. But yeah. yeah Alec yeah. Manoa has had a rough start to the season so far. It's been very strange for Alec Manoa. I totally quite. agree. Yeah, yeah. Quite. Indeed. Anyway, the 13-0 season opener has now come to an end. At, at, tied at three-way tie with the other, I think it was the Braves and whatever the other team was, the Brewers. Um Yeah. And so that's it. Now we have a modern era record of 13 and 0 in a three-way deadlock for the for the the best start the in modern baseball history. That's and right. the St. Louis Maroons remain untouched at 20, at 20 <laughs> from 1882, yes. I think if I remember right. 18 I think I want to say 18 either 82 or 84. Anyway, something like that. Not important. Not important. Let's move on. Luisa Rise hit for the cycle uh, the other day. And the reason that's important, I think it was, was it Wednesday or Thursday? Um, the reason it's it important Wednesday. is because that's the first time anyone in a Miami Marlins uniform has ever accomplished the feat. Not just Miami, but Florida Marlins as well. Well, yeah, correct. The, any, just a Marlins in uniform. Franchise history. That's the yes. first time it's ever happened. Yep. Which is super exciting. It's also fun because they were the last team on the list to never have had accomplished that. So here Which we is are. Crazy, isn't that it's, crazy? It, it's so crazy. And like, I get it. They were one of the last four teams. They're one of the last four teams who have gotten in the league so far, right? Yeah. Like after the Marlins and Rockies, then you had the the Devil Rays, now the Rays and the Diamondbacks. But they've both had a cycle since then. The Rockies have had a cycle since then. Of course, they have. Yeah. And then everybody else has had a cycle. But the Marlins did not have one until last week. Now, everybody has a cycle in their history. You know, and it, there was, was a couple years ago. I want to say it was 2018. 
I think there was like four or five cycles that year. Yeah, there was a lot. I think it was seventeen or eighteen or something like that. Yeah, there was a bunch yeah. that year. Anyway, he did. Uh, he's going into Monday today, slashing four seventy one five twenty six six forty seven. Uh, for those of you wanting to know, that's a four seventy one batting average, a five twenty six on base percentage, and the six forty seven slugging percentage. That's how that slash line works for those of you who need to know. Fantastic. Pretty excited for him, especially really because he's on my fantasy team. So I was loving that. Oh, nice. Yeah. And yeah. for those of you who don't know, that's really good. Really, really good, by the way. Yeah, that's really good. Especially that average that's uh, yeah, above that's par right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's move <laughs> on to something a little less exciting to talk about because Cody Bellinger was interrupted by the umpires. Once again, we have the umpires deciding that it's their show and it's not. So here you hear right. you. However, <laughs> we have continue to have problems. So here's here's what happened. Uh, Cody Bellinger used to play for the Dodgers. He was six years in a Dodgers uniform. He did. He won Rookie of the Year as a Dodger. He run. He won the uh, NL MVP as a Dodger. Out of that six years, he did almost everything you could ever do and hope to do, etc. In a Helped Dodgers win a World uniform. Series, played a big yeah. role in them winning a World Series. Totally. So it's a big deal. He even had his own Sports Illustrated thing with uh, Christian Yelich. So that was wild. But let's not get too not deep into well. that. <laughs> it has not. Um, so he goes back to play the Dodge. He plays for the Cubs now. He goes back to Chavez Ravine in Los Angeles. They're going to play the Dodgers. He's wearing an away team uniform. And they do a little welcome home ceremony for him before the game where he's, you know, warming up and playing catch. And they did a little highlight reel of his stuff while he was in the Dodgers uniform. And it was supposed to be very nice and everybody loved it. But it was pregame. Um, and then the game got started and he, he'd already did a little tip of his cap and everything out during the pregame. But the game gets started. He gets his first at-bat opportunity in the second inning. He gets up to the plate and there was a sort of this difference of opinion as to whether or not he was going to get another little like welcome home ovation. This one being during the game, not pregame, right. right? Everybody's there now. And the reports I read said that the applause was somewhat muted, subjectively muted right. uh, compared to what you would expect from a welcome home ovation. Anyway, point of the story is the umpire did not allow him the opportunity to sort of take a moment and instead charged him for a pitch clock violation. <laughs> Even Dave Roberts, who's now the opposing manager, right, took issue with it and said, hey, give him some time and was chirping at the umpire to cool his jets a little bit, but to no avail. Didn't, didn't help. So that's the whole situation. It was like one, it was like a legitimate 60 milliseconds or whatever. It was well, like, he violated by like a half a second. Yeah, he was in the box yeah. at seven seconds. Yeah. And maybe he wasn't facing forward, but still, like, I don't know. This the margin is, was so small. It is, it was really small. But like Dave Roberts said, give him some time because guess who didn't get a pitch clock violation for an ovation that he got in his first at bat just last week? 
Yep. Andrew McCutcheon and his return right. to Pittsburgh. Right. And yep. this is this is one thing that I've always had with it's an issue I've always had with baseball umpires, um, referees across football, basketball, whatever. I feel like a lot of referees have a problem, have a hard time feeling the moment, right? Like feeling the room. Like sometimes mm-hmm. they do, they have a pretty good job of having their pulse on things, you know, like um, baseball umpires, especially, you know, when they, when they issue warnings and things like that, right. They yeah. can, they can usually tell what's going on, but there are some times where they just cannot feel the room. Yeah. That all logic just goes out the window for whatever reason. And I don't know what it is. I don't know why. And it's like, this is one of those cases where the umpires are like, nope, he's got to get in the box despite all the applause and everything and the obligatory, everything else that's going on. Get the man in the box and let's get this game moving. It's like, no, you know, this is his first time back in LA. I know you right. know. Right. Everybody knows yeah, that this everybody is his knows. first time back in LA. And so I did they had to major... May... Go ahead. Right. Sorry. Well, I was going to say they had, they had to have expected it and they had to have been like, at the time, just been like, okay, we'll give them like a few extra seconds, you know? Yeah. But they didn't because they just lost, they lost track of what was going on. And it's very, it, I shouldn't be as upset about it as I am, but I am quite upset about it because right. it drives me crazy when that happens. Well, we're supposed anyway, to, that's ahead. our job <laughs> as the fans. Yeah, we're supposed right. to be upset about these things. Uh, so I did some digging that Major League Baseball does have a provision for this. Apparently, the clubhouses are supposed to inform. Major League Baseball, that there's potential for a moment like this, a curtain call or some sort of welcome home fanfare or something, mm-hmm. anything yeah. that they perceive as being disruptive, they alert Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball alerts the umpires union. That group alerts the crew chief, and then he alerts his team. And that's how this works. And so everybody's supposed to have known. Apparently, none of this happened. Apparently, nobody called and said, yo, belly's coming back. Everybody cool out for a minute. And then uh, all sources indicate that that didn't happen. So I don't care though. (laughs) I know. Like that's the thing is like that you shouldn't have to take eight steps for everybody to be aware that this is a thing that's going to happen. Right. Right. I understand there's a procedure. There's everything that's supposed to go through. Right. Like, and I'm sure anytime a guy is coming up on 3000 hits every day, it's like, okay. Uh, we got so-and-so's coming up on 3,000 hits. We're on the road, so this, okay, let's pass it on down the line and everything. But umpires have got to have more common sense than that. Like, yeah. they've got to be aware, right? Like, were they not paying side? attention to the video played <laughs> pregame? Yeah. Were they not out there? Were they back preparing baseballs? I'm not going to say what we usually say, but were they back preparing baseballs for the game, right? Right, right, right. Or were, yeah. were they, was the whole plate umpire still getting his gear on at that time? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I Either don't way, know. feel the room, man. Yeah. And get it together. I agree. Makes me crazy. Let's get into more things Ugh. that make Brad crazy. Brad, why don't you <laughs> cue up the slideshow? Because Texas, the Texas <sighs> Rangers are no longer identifiable as the Texas Rangers. And uh, there's a number of people who have some really strong opinions about this. Uh, Brad and I fit that category. (laughs) Yeah. And I want to know, Brad, I'm going to give you an opportunity to really unload here because uh, I think you're less happy about this than (laughs) than Nike hoped you'd be anyway. 
Yeah. Well, so let's let's go through this first. I have a whole breakdown of everything here uh, from Nike. Okay? okay. So the TX on the right breast. Okay. That's influenced by the gothic lettering of the Dallas Eagles logo with a spur honoring the DFW Spurs. You can kind of see it there. I think you can see it a little bit better in the second one. No, you can't really. But yeah. honestly, like you can see it there on on uh, Corey Seager there a little bit more. It just kind of crosses the X. It took me a little bit to notice it, but that was the first. That was like the one thing that I saw that I was like, okay, that makes sense. But knowing like what this is all, I guess tied into now helps with that, right? Mm-hmm. So then you look on the side of the hat right here on the right side of the hat, and then on the back, like where the tag would be on the back of the jersey, there's a four with a star and a 21 April 21st. It says is a vital date in the history of Texas. That's when they got their independence from Mexico. And as well as baseball in Texas, I think it said that that was when there was, they had the first, um, it was like the first state championship or something like that it was 421. Yeah. And then they're going to debut these jerseys on 421 as well. Oh, Okay. And then down by the jock tag, you, you can't see it in here because they're tuck, they're tucked in. I don't understand why they're doing this because you can't see it when these players are wearing it. Like you, I think you said before, like these are more. This part is more for like wearing around town. It says, "Dream the big dream." It says, "A sentiment of Arlington Mayor Tom Vandergriff, whose tireless efforts helped bring an MLB team to this city." Now, if you go down just below the belt on the left side of the pants, you can see there is. The state of Texas, you can't hardly see it in the picture just because it is really tiny on the pants. Uh, but it's the state of Texas with a spur wrapped around it, kind of like a horseshoe would be on a game of horseshoes around the panhandle out there. It says, uh, reimagined, it's a reimagined DFW Spurs logo, honors the team that played in Arlington and proved this region could support an MLB team. Um, and then down the side of the leg, there's piping that's rope braid piping. Yeah, And that is a nod also to the DFW Spurs. I think that's pretty cool. You can't really see it, but I like that because that makes perfect sense for the area, right? But this is the one that's ridiculous to me. I'm going to go on over to the next slide here. You can can see it there. It's kind of in a shadow. But this thing on the right sleeve, Brig, do you know what that is called? I don't know what it's called. (laughs) They're calling it a Peagle. A Peagle! No! Nike has created a mythical beast called a Peagle. It is a combination of a panther and an eagle. And it was the combination of the Dallas teams, uh, the Dallas <laughs> Eagles, and the Fort Worth Panthers. So they have created this Peagle to put on the they right called it. They actually <laughs> called it a Peagle. They are actually calling it a Peagle. That's not, not a to be confused with, uh, <laughs> with uh, a dog. It's like a Beagle and a Pyrenees or whatever. Not to be confused <laughs> with that. This is a mythical creature. Ah. That is what I take the biggest umbrage with on this entire thing is you cannot just go making up mythical beasts that have nothing to do with this team and putting it <laughs> prominently on the sleeve. Like, what are you <laughs> doing? I'm calling it a beagle. <laughs> Good golly. And then like here's the other thing, too. I would have come up with the name Beagle. I know, I know. And look <laughs> at this, Brig. This is another one of the big problems I have. So first off, I, you know how I feel about colored pants. Gray I know or how white. you feel. Gray or white or cream. If you're going to go crazy, go cream. Okay? Don't go black. I'm sorry. This makes them look like cowboys, which I get. I get. Yeah. But Tombstone is there in Arizona. Anyway, pick a font. That's my other thing. Pick 
a font because they went with that gothic for the logo, but then they went with something else on the numbers. And I get it's all tribute tributes to like baseball in Texas, everything like that, right? Yep. But maybe maybe tone it down a little bit, settle down a little bit, and pick a font, just one, mm-hmm. because it's really messy and disorganized and freaking peagle, man. Like the peagle. How do you feel about it, Brig? I think they're rocket fire. <laughs> do you really? No, I hate them. Because <laughs> uh, honestly, I'm worried now. Seattle, the Mariners are getting theirs on yeah. May fifth, and I'm May scared 5th. now. I am right. really worried about what I, I'm gonna see. I you should be you should be worried. I so I I will admit I don't hate them as much as everybody else does. I'm seeing lots of real irate, you know comments coming through but the the black uh and red on cream i think is a sharp color combo oh the color scheme is fantastic i love the black and the red i think it's I great do too. On the cream. um i don't hate the black pants honestly i think it does come down to that cattle roper you know type thing and i think that's awesome mm-hmm. so you know given the the location the history etc i mean d- the dfw area is on like on your way to think Abilene, uh, Abilene, Kansas, and and other places is like historically one of the most well used cattle herd trails in the right, history yeah, of American yeah, beef or whatever. So, I was kidding about the tombstone thing, by the way, for everybody who's listening who might be upset in Texas. That okay, was a I'm joke. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm here to provide a dissenting opinion. I think. Uh, so I don't hate the black pants. I love the rope braid up the side. I think that's I think that's sweet. the best part of the pants. I think the rope braid is really cool. Yep. I wish they had gone with a different um the TX logo sort of is irrational to me. I don't I don't love it. Um the spur the spur is fine, but it's so like they always say the devil's in the details or the beauty's in the details, and and it's really where the details matter, and I, I agree with that. But only if the details, you know, pull it together. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't really pull it together. This is more of a like from a distance. It's it's a linear distraction for me. It just breaks up the eye, takes your eye in different directions. I don't love it. I do think that having the numbers though elevated to the to the breast line instead of down, mm-hmm. kind of like they are a lot. I I do like that detail, and I like it because it's odd. You, in baseball, you usually see them counter position, right? One yeah, up, yeah. one down. Yeah, this, typically, I, yeah, it's the logo up, the number down. Yeah, yeah. This I love, and I love that because it's different. So for all you haters out there, I think that the reimagined uh, DFW Spurs logo on the hip is lame. Um, I think that something different would have been great. Um, Honestly, from a distance, I feel like it looks like a dove. Yeah, it just it's it's not bad. The like the where it's put placed, the size of it. The color it's it's in all that's fine. It's just, eh, doesn't do it for me. But I'm not a local, so maybe this does it for the locals, and that's great. But the the peagle, um, man, that is just that could not they could not have missed harder on the peagle. I'm super disappointed, and I get what they're saying. I get what they're going for, and honestly, it's the it's probably. I wonder which happened first. 
Did they come up with the gothic lettering and then realize they needed a gargoyle? Or did they come up with a gargoyle and then realize they could use gothic, gothic lettering? And I don't know which it is. So, mm, well, I, so think I, th- one... I think they started with the gothic lettering, honestly. Because it's, like I said, that that was from the Dallas Eagles logo. And then, and then they included the spur. So, yeah, I think they started with the gothic and then went to the gargoyle. Because you do, you do need, they need each other. I feel like they can't stand on their own as is. And they're both sort of awkward on their own. But together, like this angle makes a lot more sense. And if they, I feel like if the explanation had been different, I wouldn't hate it so much. <laughs> but the explanation's just awful. Um, I don't they even mind that the they created their mascots. own mythical creature. That doesn't bother me. What bothers I think it's me weird. is that... I think it's weird. I'm sorry, <laughs> but like, that's Nike being like, you know, we can do anything we, own... we want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to the point of rewriting history. <laughs> Like, it's the Rangers. Couldn't you have done some, like, a Caballero or, uh, I don't know, some right. sort of spin? I don't know, man. Like, there's got to be a different way. Ugh. I feel like they tried to cram too many things into one, and it just, it's, it's, have you ever watched Parks and Rec? Parks and Recreation? Yeah. You know, the the Camel episode? I don't remember the camel. So the premise of the camel is that it's a bunch of people who were trying to create an animal and they just put it all together and that's why hey, you get a camel. And so on the episode, they are all trying to do work work together to make art and they just kind of crammed it all together into one and this guy's like, it's a camel. It's a bunch of different ideas put into one and it doesn't really work together and it looks weird. And that's Mm. what I feel like this is. It's, It's a camel. But they had so many ideas they wanted to use but they couldn't land on like one or two. So just threw them all in. It, it it feels really inconsistent. Yeah, it does. It really does. Kind of a mess. It's a but mess. We'll it, see. It, we'll see how it looks on the field because some of them I feel like look right. better on the field than they do in the pictures. Um, there was one that I saw the other day. I can't remember what it was, but I know the Giants looks better better on the field than it did in the pictures. For um, sure. And then, uh, yeah, there was one that I was really upset at. Oh. Oh, the the Rockies, they're not wearing the green pants anymore. They're wearing with white pants, and it looks a whole lot better. Looks a lot yeah. better on the field than it did in the pictures. So well, even Boston. Maybe I was watching I was watching Boston play the other day and they had their yellow uh jerseys on and they were fine. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. But it took me what two years, two and a half years or whatever yeah. now to be okay with time. them. So yeah. it's kind of weird. Anyway, let's yeah. move on. Garrett Cole pitched a gem the other day. He, this is his seventh career complete game and his fourth career shutout. He went nine innings, two hits, zero runs, one walk, and 10 strikeouts. He did it across 109 pitches, Brad, and that brings his four-start 2023 ERA to 0.95. It's like Luis Castillo's got some competition for the Cy Young there. Yeah. He's legitimately. I like. I know. I said that, and I kind of say that jokingly, but really, though, Luis Castillo has been really good too. Not that good, but well, nobody's been that good. This is best in baseball right now. This is unbeatable. Yeah, could be a two-man race if this keeps up with both of them. And Garrett Cole could still potentially run away with it if he keeps that up because that's really, really good. Speaking of phenomenal players, the uh, 
Anaheim Angels. Let's just keep calling them that. Call up Zach. <laughs> is it Nito or Neto? I think it's Neto. Uh, I think it's Neto, but it's a Neto story. We don't go Neto because it is Neto. Yeah, you're right. It's Neto. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Oh, the dad jokes are flying. (laughs) So the the, the reason uh, Zach Neto is so Neto is because he's a right-handed shortstop, and he's only had 201 plate appearances in any minor league-affiliated games at all. He's played seven games at high A, 37 games at double a that's it he was the angels first round draft pick in 2022 and get this because that was last year for those of you paying attention he was the first round draft pick for the angels last year to have made it up to the big leagues by the before the end of the following year after his draft he was drafted less than a calendar year ago that's right. Thank you. There, here are some of the other players, not all of them, but some of the other players who have also accomplished that same feat. Dansby Swanson, Alex Bregman, Michael Conforto, Trey Turner, Kyle Schwaba, Buster Posey, and more. That is quite a list to belong to. It is. And so this is the thing. I worry for this kid. He got his first hit tonight. He got a single. Mm-hmm. And so now he's one for 14 uh, since he's been called up, which not a big deal. Not a big deal. Not at all. But this is the thing. Dansby Swanson was up and down a lot the first couple of years of his career because he got called up so early. For sure. Alex Bregman worked out. Michael Conforto worked out. Trey Turner worked out. But I think Trey Turner honestly developed a little bit slower than they wanted him to. Mm-hmm. Now he's an MVP caliber player. But for those first couple of years, it was kind of like, ooh, you know. Kyle Schwarber, yes. I don't think developed into the player that the Cubs wanted him to. Buster Posey, obviously, right? Yeah, I was like, come on now. Yeah, he's going and, there's, and there are other guys like I think Ryan Zimmerman. I don't think Ryan yeah, Zimmerman Zimmerman's one of them. It played any minor league baseball. I think he yeah. got drafted and then came up like the next anyway. Yeah, he's a different group. But also, though, I don't know that he necessarily turned into the player that they wanted him to. For sure. So I worry for Zach Neto that they've called him up too soon. And it, now Jared Kelnick is having a great year. Finally. But exactly right. Finally. Yeah. He was called up almost two years ago, made his debut, and he was supposed to be like big league ready because he mashes triple A hitting or triple A pitching. Yeah. He crushes yeah. it. Right, like he he buzzed all the way through the minor league system, did not struggle at all, and then he got to the bigs and really, really struggled big time. Struggled last year. We keep we call him September JK because finally by the end of the year he's he figures it out and he starts playing really, really well. Yeah, we're seeing September JK in April. Mm-hmm. Americans are very excited about it, and we're thinking like finally he's arrived. Yeah. But I don't want Zach Neto. I don't want it to hit. I don't want it to take him two years to figure it out to get to where he should be. Like that's the thing that worries me. Is that yeah, maybe he was great in 44 minor league games last year, but I don't know. Like was he that great? That's a really small sample size. Really it really is. small sample size. It is. Okay, so. here's my counter argument. Okay. I think that player development at the big league level is just superior. And so if you're going to get your arms wrapped around you and you're going to be around all of the best influences possible, yes, the stage is 
bigger and the expectations are bigger and the potential fallout from failure is enormous unless you play for the freaking angels because right now is the best time to play for the angels and screw around a little bit and have problems is it though because there are such big expectations in anaheim like this is this is the thing is that like the entire league like us included expects the angels to fall on their face right yeah but the players don't I don't think the front office does either because they have so much talent everywhere around the pitchers on that team, right? They have a lot of talent in the field on that team, a lot of a lot of really good bats on that team. Yeah. And so I feel like there are high expectations there. And they they sent down David Fletcher because he was struggling. And I wonder if it was just like, can't be a whole lot worse than that. Let's bring the kid up, you know? Because he was sent down last year too, David yeah. Fletcher was. Well, so and that's the, what I'm saying. Like man. they have they their organization is providing him an opportunity to maybe fail a little bit and be okay. It could it could be the case. I don't know. I, I think really this worry is though, the because only if, time. Because if he comes up and he's seeing he's there's no pitching in the world like big league pitching. You don't see it at no. AAA. You don't you rarely see it at double A or anything below. You don't see big league stuff anywhere else in the world besides the big leagues. Right. And if he has a hard time adjusting to that, that could, I don't want to say it could wreck him, but it could take him a while to come around to it. What do you think about if his defense is stellar and his plate is, his plate appearances are just not where they need to be? So there's a, an adage, I don't know, that you got to be strong at the middle defensively. And shortstop's one of those positions up the middle. So, sure. yeah, and if he's better than David Fletcher defensively, then, yeah, I guess you're upgrading there and just kind of be like, it's a wash at the plate, but he's way better defensively. So there's that. Right. right? You let him fill the eight, nine hole. Yeah. Maybe seven, depending on how you want to stack up your lineup. And yeah. I and I only make that argument because that's kind of what the Yankees are doing with Volpe right now. He has not figured himself out at the plate. But that dude is defensively saving defensively. runs constantly. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And I'm, you know, I had a bit, I'm skeptical of this early call up stuff as well. I'm right there with you. However, I think that there is an opportunity for him to kind of bang around a little bit and figure it out. And you know, I will say this this is my last thing on this is that somebody who had a really, really bad spell at the plate, who was just a black hole in the lineup, like being a black hole in the lineup has a massive effect on you for sure. It really does. You can like I I consider myself a defensive first player because I was a catcher. You know I I like to hit, and when I was when I was hot, I was really 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 hot. But man, yeah, this is the oldest streak in my life, and I would it affected me and on the defensive side of the ball. You know, yeah, and yeah. So being a black hole can have a major impact on your on your game overall, and I I don't want that to happen to him. Because then he no, I don't either. Down and then have other issues mentally, right? right? The psychology behind it is what I worry about. That's that's my concern always too, for sure. Um, speaking of psychology, what a terrific way to segue into Trevor Bauer. Let's be honest. I mean, it just is. <laughs> <laughs> so, Trevor Bauer, Trevor Bauer, we love him, but he's made his first appearance in Japanese minor league baseball. And we, I for I can't speak for you, Brad, but I'm super pumped about this. I think it's super exciting. I know he's the bad guy, and everybody loves to hate Trevor Bauer, but I'm 
no, I'm not on that team. And I think this is super fun and I am loving it. So it, he, he's playing for the Yokohama Bay stars right now. This is the minor league team under the Bay stars for Nippon. And he threw four innings, four hits, zero runs, six strikeouts. Terrific. They're trying to stretch him out a little bit and get him ready for getting called up. And he, you know, the ball's a little bit different and the game's played a little bit differently and all that kind of stuff. So he says he expects one more, maybe two more appearances before he gets called up. Um, but this is what I found really interesting. This is the cool part. This minor league baseball team in Japan reported that they typically see, they live stream all their games, and they typically see 5,000 or so people viewing their minor league baseball. Still team. a lot for minor league baseball. <laughs> it's a ton, okay? Especially streaming it. <laughs> yeah, they're not even, a, yeah, exactly. However, when Trevor Bauer took the mound, that jumped up to 77,000 live stream viewers. It's so crazy. <laughs> Bro, that's 15x. <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> Good this for dude, them. <laughs> and he, he whipped out <laughs> the sword, sheathing his sword celebration and everything. It was awesome. So here's my question for you on that sword. Should he have sheathed it to the side or should he have gone over the back with it? Why? I'm talking like culturally, though. Like, I guess ninjas. No, ninjas had it on the back, right? Samurai wore it on their. Oh, they they didn't wear it on their hip. belt, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I was like, maybe he should have gone over the back with it. I okay, know. that's interesting. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, <laughs> I was reading. I'm I'm reading a book. right Ninjas now. Ninjas did and, on the back though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm reading a book right now, and, and they have it on their back. And I was like, hmm. Yeah, they're in China, so maybe I don't know. Anyway, that's so, funny. I'll tell you. Anyway, a uh, couple things. Bryce Harper is now. Um, taking reps at first base. We saw this coming. We've talked about it before. It's really exciting. Um, this is all in response to Reese Hoskins having torn his ACL. He's going to be out for the rest of the year. Uh, Bryce Harper still recovering from Tommy John and his little thumb stuff. So we're getting all that, but he's fast. I know. That's my thing is like, I get the elbow, you know, like you, if you want a guy to come back from Tommy John and really take it easy, put him in first base for sure. Because yeah. he flips the ball around the diamond every once in a while. He might have to throw it to third base, but he's throwing, he's throwing home. He's throwing a second, not a lot of distance on those, but yeah. man, he's, he's fast. He's got elite speed and you're going to put it at first yeah. base. That's right. I don't know. Maybe if you get somebody in rundown, he'll take him out. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you want his bat. Obviously you definitely want to have his bat. And if he can take reps at first base, even you know two three games a week, then that'll mm -hmm. give them a lot of options in the lineup, and it'll free up them. It the will, space. yeah. It gives them a chance to put a guy in the lineup who might be blocked on the field somewhere, or give somebody a day off because they can move mm -hmm. a utility guy around somewhere. It get, I think I think it helps him with flexibility putting him at first base. I think it's a good move. I so do I. I. I joke about the speed stuff. I've just I don't think I've ever seen a first baseman that fast in my entire life. <laughs> No, 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 never. <laughs> nope. I think I agree with you. Okay, baseball family, couple things before our extravaganza begins. You can join us on Patreon if you'd like to support the show. We have multiple tiers of support. Each of them come with their own bag of tricks and super exciting details and, and gimmicks that we give to you, perks and everything like that. So you can jump on there and get us patreon.com 
search baseball together. We have tiers at $1, 5 $10, $15, and a $500 a month tier. For those of you that want to know, it's the commissioner level. Go check that out, and you can support us that way. Right now, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to jump into our 200th episode celebration. Welcome back, baseball family. So, Brig mentioned our 200th episode extravaganza. But before we get into that, we are going to share with you our Fantasy Baseball League update. So, first things first, I'm going to start with my matchup against Jewel. Jewel is the big league Chupacabras. I am Julio, think you are. Jewel edged this one out 518 to 506. We were separated by like two points going into the last day. And then uh, his starting pitching was amazing. His top scorer was the polar bear, Pete Alonzo, at 78 points, which means that he was evenly distributed the rest of the way down. And then my top scorer was Anthony Rizzo with 102 points. Uh, the next one we have Devastation Incorporation. That is Mike, our, our, uh, our listener participant. And then Brig with Brigger Mortis. Brig won that one running away, 644 to 540. Great work, Brig. Your top scorer is Ryan Mountcastle. And then we had uh, Mike's top score was Matt Olson with 74 points. Um, then next we have the Harrisburg Charlies. That's John uh, against Burns Turner Overdrive. I messed that up last week because I couldn't see the whole thing, but now I get it. I see the whole thing now. <laughs> Tori won that one for 434 to 378. His top score was Trey Turner. And then uh, John's top scorer was Vlad Guerrero Jr. with 55 points. Low scoring matchup. I wish Indeed. I had had one of those two last week. Instead, I got Jewel, who was the one of the top scorers. Anyway. Yeah. And then our final matchup, we've got not another fantasy team. That's Jason against Denise. She's Grace under fire. Jason, uh, Jason and Jewel, at, as of right now, are the two undefeated still at 2-0. Um, Jason won that one 513 to 459. His top score was Adley Rutschman. Have a week, Adley Rutschman, 98 points. And then Denise's top score was Yasmani Grandal with just 52 points. She's saying that she had a couple days where guys didn't play. I think that she was affected by weather mostly. Was what, what yeah. was going on there. So there is our weekly fantasy baseball update. Now, the moment we've all been waiting for for 200 episodes. Our congratulations, Brad. Extravaganza. Congratulations, <laughs> Brig. We've made it. And not to say this is the end of the line, because far from it, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. But we just wanted to do some, I don't know what the word is, some reflection, I guess, on some of the stuff we've been through to get to this point. Um, absolutely, And give you guys some behind the scenes, some things we're looking forward to in the next 200 episodes and beyond, things like that. So... Let's should we start with some behind the scenes stuff, Brig? Is that where we should start? I'd love to. Yeah, I think that's great. Okay, so first, um, I think some people might be wise to this, Brig. On the Thursday night lives when we talk betting, and anytime we talk betting, um, <laughs> I, I yes, have Brad. to help Brig. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's really <laughs> kindly put. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> well, so so to be fair, to be fair, to be fair. <laughs> Brig, Brig makes his own picks. He tells me who think who think he thinks is gonna win, and then I put it. In, I translate it into bet speak for him. Plus money, right. minus money, run line, money line, all that stuff. Just because yep. Brig's not there yet. So 
To help with that, though, we are going to be making some content. We're going to, I'm going to teach Brig how to, how to gamble. And, of course, where he lives, he's not able to bet legally. So it's for entertainment purposes only. Absolutely. And content. But, but no, it, it is kind of funny talking gambling with Brig just because <laughs> I'm it's new. It's totally new to him. New. Yeah, totally new. <laughs> and it's fun really because new. Brad, he, he really needs to whip out his professor sort of, what's your character's name? Uh, Dr. Ezekiel Smith. That's him. <laughs> Because I don't understand what he's saying. I might as well be listening to my seventh grade algebra teacher trying to explain like <laughs> sine, cosine, whatever all that other crap I forgot about is. Uh, it's I know it's not tangent, but that's the word that keeps it, coming it up. It is here. tangent. Is it tangent? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's Greg Zerberg. You see what I'm saying? But listening to Brad explain betting is it's he he's probably explained things three or four times now. I still haven't figured it out, and that's okay. We'll get there. We'll he keeps hanging in there with me. <laughs> <laughs> we will get you there. We'll get you there. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, some of the other some of our other favorite behind the scenes things. Um, so we ask all of our guests a lot of the same questions. We do the rundown, and the rundown actually stemmed from Brig. You doing? I think it was when. Oh no, we did a, like our first episodes. Our first yeah. episodes, like kind of like a getting to know you thing. It was yeah, a little bit different format then, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was like a rapid fire thing, and we had like music under it and everything. It was kind of fun. But then we just <laughs> decided to change the format a little bit, make it a little bit easier on uh, both of us. And then Brig asked his friend Mike when he had him on. He asked him, "What is your quest?" And I, I don't think you asked him what's your favorite color, but then we kind of added it in. Yeah, I don't remember. But we've had only like one or two people know where this comes from. And I, I don't know if it's like the lights are bright, the camera's on, things like that, and they just space it. But for those of you who don't know where this comes from, this is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Ask me the questions, Bridgekeeper. I'm not afraid. What is your name? My name is Sir Lancelot of Camelot. What? Is your quest to seek the Holy Grail? What is your favorite color? Blue. Right. Off you go. <laughs> That's where we got the questions. Those the are where those two. come from. And we've had two people say they seek the Grail. That is all. That's right. Out of everybody we've talked to and asked that question, and it, it's really funny. I just I wait for. There's certain people I think are going to get it, but they just they just right past it. And the people you don't think that like you would not have expected the people who did get it to get it. And they it's so fun. Yeah. And the fact anyway. Brig, like my last thing with that is the fact that we talked to I mean dozens of people outside the stadium at the World Baseball Classic, and not oh, one so person many. said, not one person said I seek the grail. <laughs> yeah, not even. <laughs> I I didn't even think about that because in the interviews, you know, we people have more time and they're more expectant to, of answering questions. But off the cuff like that, I yeah, you think somebody out of the tons of people we talk to, but no, yeah, no. nobody, no, it's hilarious. <laughs> it is hilarious. Oh, let's man. talk. Uh, let's talk baseball traditions. What is your favorite baseball tradition, Brig? Uh, this is easy for me. It's the seventh inning stretch. I love singing Take Me Out of the Ball Game, and I'll tell you why. Uh, well, I've always loved it. I've loved it forever. You get up, you put your arms around everybody, you see Take Me Out of the Ball Game, sway back and forth. At least that's the way I was taught to do it, and it's this camaraderie. It's this building of 
you know, whatever community and everything that, which is what I'm all about anyway. So that's why we call it baseball together. Okay. Because we're really big on doing things together. All right. right. So yeah, that's the whole point anyway. Um, and I may have shared this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. Cause I love this story. When I brought my daughter home from the hospital after she was born and I had changed her diaper and I swaddled her and I was putting her in her crib to go down to sleep for the first time. I, I was lowering her into the crib and I thought, oh, no, you know what a good dad would do? <laughs> Sing a lullaby. <laughs> and I held my baby girl and I'm like, I don't I don't know any lullabies. I thought I had prepared for every everything that I, you know, of course, I tried to prepare for everything. You can't. But I right. thought I had prepared for all the things for the first time she came home. And I sat there and I ran through all of the songs in my head that I could think of off the top of my head that I could maybe slow down to make it a lullaby. <laughs> and I got through some crazy ones, by the way. Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> I'm sure it was one of them. Yeah. So, but anyway, take me out of the ball game is what I landed on. And I sang her take me out of the ball game in a slow, methodical lullaby voice for the next three years, every night. So until she nice. said she wanted a different song. So. I like that. Yeah. Wilson and I used to, so to get him to go to sleep, because the kid wouldn't stay in his bed, like to save his life. It was, it was always coming, poking out like, you still there? Yes. There is nowhere else for me to go. Um, <laughs> And so to get him to to stay in his bed, we'd have to sing several songs to him at night. And so it got to be when it was my turn to put him in bed. There was like five songs we'd sing, and "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" was always one of them. Yeah, because he would he would want to throw his fingers in the air and and have fun and everything. But and we would also read. Uh, sometimes we would read Casey at the Bat. Nice was a, was a fun one too. But yeah, yeah, we no, I'm familiar with that one i like that yeah when 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 olivia got older we started reading good night baseball and that was nice awesome. oh we have that one too it's so good it is so good it's a good I one i like that one a lot it's great my what favorite you, baseball Brad? tradition um used to be getting there early for for batting practice but depending on where you go you can't get in for batting practice anymore right. um so it's become just getting a hot dog there are so many other food options that i would rather have at a baseball game like there are things i want to try think you know things like that but i cannot bring myself to get anything but a hot dog the first time i head over to concessions sometimes yeah. too depending on the size i'm the same way but, but yeah so yeah getting a hot dog has gotten to be one of my favorite baseball traditions um even though it's not that great of a dog it's fine <laughs> Often you know? not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you would think I would have been ruined with the summer that I had continually oh, trying yeah. to get a hot dog <laughs> or oh. Owls games and them oh. being terrible every single time. Yeah. But maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's that it's not a terrible hot dog. So I'm just like, yeah, it's good enough. I'll eat it. I'll eat it every time. Yeah, as long as it's not that. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> it's the cheapest thing at the concession stands. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There are, right. if you've ever um seen videos of us at games that we've posted on on instagram or on social media anywhere or you've talked to us about going to baseball games you know there are certain things that we like to shout at games um just for fun so <laughs> that are quirks Brig, they're quirky they're quirks yeah so i'll i'll share mine first brig just yeah tell the whole story first. it's a great story okay so first um so mel and i my wife before 
before we had kids, we would go to Salt Lake Bees games all the time. She'd get cheap tickets from work, and they were just general admission seats. So we were just like, we'd go sit behind home plate, and it was tons of fun. It was fantastic. Killer seats. I have never had better seats for an entire, pretty much an entire summer of my adult life. It was a lot of fun. So one night, we're there, and I think we had watched Bull Durham a couple days before. And there was a mound visit that just was going and Mel just yells, get on the candlesticks. <laughs> I about died <laughs> laughing so hard. And like our whole section just started cracking up. And I think, and one, like one of the, I think the pitching coach on the mound even like turned around. And like, <laughs> but everybody knew the reference. Everybody yeah. got the reference. Yeah, so exactly. now when we go to baseball games, uh, when there's a mountain visit, we yell, get the candlesticks. <laughs> Especially when it's quiet. It's best when it's quiet. Especially. I've started doing it too, and it's so yes. fun. <laughs> and yeah. there's a select few people in the crowd who get the reference right off the bat too. R- right. No Not there. very many. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they're always like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so right. Good. Candlesticks are always nice. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, always nice. <laughs> Okay, so I have a similar story. My favorite thing to do is uh, when the organist or the person pushing the button to pr- simulate an organ does the da-na-na-na-na-na, and everybody is supposed to yell charge, but I don't. I yell foul ball. Here's why. Well, first of all, it has become very clear that they only do the charge call after a foul ball. You watch. You watch. That's when they do it. I haven't it. noticed that. I haven't noticed. Uh-huh. I'm telling you. Okay. I've, <laughs> and I've been to baseball games every place, and that's what happens. So it's become even funnier than it was when it started. But this is how it started. So my late wife and I started dating, and the Orem Owls did some obscene promo where they were giving away baseball tickets for like a couple of bucks each game. So I bought a whole season's worth of tickets because they were literally like two or three dollars a game or something. So I was like, okay, whatever. And uh, they offered a military discount. And so I got in free. So I have a season ticket pass and I have my military discount. And so we would just go sit wherever we could find seats, which were very easy to find. And yeah, yeah, like it didn't matter. We could sit anywhere. I spent a summer at that stadium. I can vouch for that. (laughs) Yeah. And we would sit in Section 8 because in the military, if you're Section 8, means you're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And that's how that's the part of what they use to chapter you out of the military because you're you're crazy. So we would sit in Section 8 and be crazy, me and my friends. Anyway, I started taking Tiff to these baseball games. And on a couple of games, there were people there. And the just because of the way the stadium is laid out, when they would do you hear charge across the crowd, but she could hear us say charge. And then the other, she thought was another syllable happening on the other side, on the first base side. We're on the third base side. So I come to find out we're sitting there. It's like the fifth or sixth inning. And they do the bugle call. And she yells, foul ball. (laughs) I went, what and she goes yeah foul ball that's what they said you heard me i'm like i'm like no tiff they didn't they and you know we're dating and i'm just i'm trying not to be mean you know i don't want to be smug and superior 
And I'm like, no, they didn't say, they said charge. She's like, you watch, you listen next time. You just, so they did it. And she goes, smacks me on the shoulder. See, foul ball. I'm like, no. (laughs) And she was so serious. So from then on, I was like, I really like this girl. I'm just going to play along. And I started saying foul ball. She found out that it actually was charge. And from then on, we didn't care. We just said foul ball. So to this day, if you're with me at a baseball game, I will holler foul ball at the top of my lungs at the end of the beautiful You will ball. get all the looks as well. <laughs> I don't care. It's going to be I know, a thing. It's, it's just so funny. It cracks me up every time to see the, the people in like the three rows in front of, in front yeah. of us when you do it. Everyone, I'm just like. Because I'm loud. I'm not a quiet person at a baseball game. Not right. at all. <laughs> So, baseball family, I need you to join me in this, okay? This is this is your official invitation to yell foul ball at the end of the bugle call instead of charge. We're going to start this tradition. It's going to be awesome. There you go. So, I, I do have I have one more. So, I have a okay. friend uh, I've made over the last couple of years. She lives down here in Arizona, and she's actually a Mariners fan. So, we text, like, all through Mariners games. And uh, her thing, she's like, you have to yell if a ball looks like it might go over. It's going towards the wall, and there's any chance that it's going to get out. You have to yell, go, ball. And so (laughs) now I've started yelling, go, ball, every time the ball gets looks like looks like it has a chance to go just to try to will it over. Yeah, there's there's another one for you. Go. That's awesome. I like it. It's fun. I also will reference uh, the greatest baseball documentary ever made as often as possible. So. It's like after a mound visit, if something goes really well, I'll turn to the person I'm sitting next to and I'll go, he gave him the have to. He told him about the, the have, have to. to. Yeah. It's the have to. That's what <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that don't know, the greatest baseball documentary of all time is Rookie of the Year with Henry Gardenhoser. Okay, so you need to go watch Rookie of the Year and learn all of the baseball things. That's right. There's a lot of them there. A lot of really good There's ones. A lot of them there. <laughs> okay. So this is episode 200. So th- we've been up to a lot since episode one. So we wanted to share some of the things that we've been up to. Um, Brig has had an incredibly eventful four years. Do you want to? Do wow. you want to start off with yours, Brig? Because, or do you want me? Or do you want me to start with mine? I don't. It doesn't matter to me. But I'll do mine. Since my pictures are first on the slideshow. <laughs> okay. There we go. That's that makes good. <laughs> we'll sense. do that. So. Yeah. Uh, so this, for those of you who don't know, um, this is a picture of my family and me, and there's something in the way of faces. There, there we you go. go. So in this picture, we're wearing, we used to sell um, autism awareness and autism acceptance baseball together t-shirts with the, with the autism puzzle piece on there. Um, and that is because my daughter, Stella, she's the one in the pink, for those of you watching, uh, she has, she's severely autistic. She's nonverbal. Um, and so that's kind of our tribute to her. And we were sending donations to uh, an organization that does special needs baseball. Um, so this, this is my family here. For those of you who are aware uh, or not. And then we also have, um, this was something fun that I thought we talked about doing was showing our first setup. <laughs> there is me. Four years ago, considerably trimmer. I'm going to try to get back down there soon. But recording in our closet, our walk-in closet, uh, with my chair on the crawl space hatch. 
<laughs> it's funny because in this in this one, I think at this point I was I was using headphones with a microphone, so the sound quality is absolutely terrible. I didn't have my good microphone yet, but then yeah. once I got my good microphone, you could see that teal chair there in the corner. That's a Tommy yeah. Bahama chair, and I recorded sitting on that because it was low down on that uh, on that tray that I used yeah. the TV tray with my computer and my microphone. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> and I used that for a long time. I used that the entire time we lived in that house. Um, yeah. We moved in 2020 down to Arizona, which is where we are now. Um, but yeah, so that was the first setup in the closet. And like I said, since then we've we've moved to Arizona, and I've had. If if you've been watching the entire time, you've seen me move around my house a lot. But finally, I landed the sure. spot at our computer in our <laughs> in our bedroom. And the reason I have a green screen is so you don't see what's behind me. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, but Brig, why don't you go ahead? Do you want to talk about what you've been up to in the last four years? Like I said, very eventful. For those of you who yeah. follow on, are are at least acutely aware. Do you want me to pull yeah. up the pictures? Yeah, please do. Okay. So this was uh, this is my family wearing our autism awareness and autism acceptance T-shirts as well. That's for those of you watching. My wife Tiff on the the end, and my daughter Olivia in the middle, and then I'm the big ugly one. Um, <laughs> Tiff passed away from cancer in 2020. We started this whole thing in 2020 or 2019, and uh, so that was obviously very difficult. And we had, we bought, we've battled it off and on for about three years. Um, and our daughter was three at the time. So when COVID hit kind of our, our whole world was already moving at a snail's pace and we were hyper vigilant about all the germs and all the healthcare considerations and everything. And it seemed like just as the whole world was kind of wigging out in a, I'm going to call it bittersweet. I don't know what else to call it. But it felt like everybody finally slowed down to our pace. And that was kind of a unique perspective on the whole COVID crisis. Um, because everybody was staying home and we were trying to stay home and everybody's wearing masks and we were already doing that. So totally different. Uh, my COVID experience was wildly different than everybody else's. Um, I also was working for a nonprofit at the time and trying to keep up with that all at the same time while we were doing this. And man, it was crazy. And... You know, the world is full of wonderful people and incredible blessings. And, and it's just I couldn't be more grateful to the baseball family. We, we even did uh, at right there at the end. Um, we didn't know it was the end, but we, you know, things took a pretty bad turn with Tiff's cancer. And I have to bring this up. I should have used a picture to illustrate it. And I don't have one. And I apologize. But. I got on social media and I asked everybody to start wearing their rally caps for TIFF. And we started a hashtag rally for TIFF at the number four. Um, I took a bunch of hats to the her medical team in the hospital with a note because I wasn't allowed in the hospital. And uh, I gave them a note saying, hey, you know, this is what we're doing. We believe in this baseball magic thing, even though it's completely irrational and not scientific at all. Baseball people are superstitious. Would you please just go with me on this? Um, and they sent me a bunch of photos of them wearing rally caps uh, in the hospitals and and take caring for her as as well as the rest of the baseball family. We have pictures from everywhere around the country um, of pe that people sent in to me of them wearing rally caps for Tiff, and it was incredible. It was a, it was I mean it was the perfect 
way to uh, to really go f- do this baseball together thing because you guys were all there for us when we needed it and it was amazing and, and Brad Brad really carried the carried the banner while I was having a hard time and then continued to carry the banner because my story continues <laughs> <laughs> obviously in the wake of that tragedy I I had some pretty rough stuff to deal with I was in the military for a while and I had some stuff to deal with there I lost my wife to cancer. I had some stuff to deal with there. I developed, I've had a couple of back surgeries. And so I had some stuff to deal with there. And it turned into a big old fatty fat drinkathon, is what it did. And if you watch some of our old episodes, you can tell that I'm probably a little bit inebriated. uh, And that would be (laughs) the fact, the very, very facts. So I did a little going away (laughs) and I put myself in a rehab. Um, treatment facility and changed my whole life and it was amazing i've been sober now for over 500 days and i think i'm at 512 or 515 today i haven't looked but yeah i'm really excited about it so a couple things for all of you in the baseball family who think you maybe have a problem with alcohol uh, or any other substances like it's worth speaking up and getting yourself the help you need because what the way i was living if it's anything like what you're dealing with is not the way to go and you can definitely do something about it. It's not the end of the road. So uh, like Brad said, I moved around lots of places. And I am a road tripper with a capital R. So I'm always recording in weird places. <laughs> like a couple yeah. weeks ago, I was Thursday night live in it from my buddy's backyard. Um, just because that's <laughs> the only place I could find to be you know, secluded and, and get the, the Wi-Fi connection I needed. Cause he's got, he's got extenders all over this huge house that go everywhere. So I was, I was like running to the basement as quickly as I could to get outside in time to record, but show him the picture, Brad. This is my favorite picture of me getting ready to record the podcast. Right, um, there we go. Yeah. I mean, I look terrific. I just thrilled. I, you You're see, so excited. I'm so excited. I am. And my baby face is there on full display for all of you watching. Go on YouTube if you really want to see it, because it's just awful. Um, But that was in my spare bedroom. I've done it in my bedroom. I've done it in my spare bedroom. I'm now in my garage, which is so much better. I have way more control over lighting and sound and everything. It's awesome. So anyway, that's yeah, I'll record anywhere. I've done it in different states and everything. I don't care. (laughs) I did it. The, I, th- I think the wildest place I've done it so far is not this one, but I did the Seattle pod- podcast in my dad's backyard and getting attacked by bugs because of the cantina lights. So <laughs> yeah. it was it was pretty fun. It was pretty cool, though. I was like, I'd do that again. It was it was yeah. cool. But yeah, I did kind of awesome. have like the, it was at night. So I kind of have like the abyss behind me like you did that one time at your parents house in the basement. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Lighting was great, though. The lighting other than that was great. Yeah. Um so we've done I I don't know if we necessarily intended on this being like a big interview show when we started. I know no, we had really. talked about doing it, but I I mean like last year was it last year two years ago we did one a month. That yeah. was crazy. We got to talk to some really cool people. We got to do a lot of really fun stuff. Um in 2021, I actually went out to Briggs Place. We did a couple interviews out there. We've got done some awesome interviews this last this year, this last year. And we have one more in the can that's going to be coming up in a while. But Brig, what were some of your favorite interviews that we've done so far? Um, in no particular order, 
I can think of uh, David Sampson. That was an eye-opening experience for me from a front office perspective. I loved it. Um, I loved the interview with Jesse Cole because he moves faster than I've ever even thought about moving. And for him to contain, I don't know how he contains that much passion and that much vigor, but in, in, in a way that's not chaotic. I'm sure there are people in his life who think it's chaotic, but the way he presented himself and with the just the sheer volume of accomplishment, I thought was impressive. And if you listen to the interview, I feel like you can sense that. Um, David Page. That's my feeling like it was a little bit chaotic, too. Yeah. That that pace. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm a pretty easygoing and slow-moving person generally just because of my personality. But, like, his light, his neck break speed was, like, a little bit much for me. It was fun. Got a lot of great information, but I was a little bit overwhelmed by it. Yeah. But Yeah. That's anyway, awesome. Sorry. No, it's okay. I loved the David Page interview solving the is a hot dog a sandwich question. Um, for those of you who haven't gone back and watched that, it's awesome. We do talk about baseball as food in the food world and the way baseball and food um, relate. And then I, I'm this might be a little bit of a hot take, but I loved the Lilo and Fish interview. That was a great interview. It was a lot, one of the most fun we've had. <laughs> I mean, it was a lot of fun talking to Lee. Is 81 years old and knows uh-huh. more about baseball than I will ever, ever hope to know, probably than more than I'll ever encounter ever again in my life. He was up to date on everything current. He knew everything. It felt like he knew everything that had ever happened. It was yeah, really impressive. Cool guy. I feel like I feel like that's what you're gonna get from a guy who wrote the definitive branch Ricky biography or <laughs> biography, right? <laughs> Yeah, 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 no doubt. That took 10 years to produce. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah, that was... I got to read that. I bet it's awesome. And I I'm have sure some questions is. for Lee now, too, which we've talked about. I'm going to yeah. go back and ask him. Yeah, we're going to. We'll have to see if we can get him again because he was a lot of fun. He was he's a fun dude, like a really yeah. fun personality. I like having joy. Him yeah. Yeah. Um, so is it are those all your favorites? Break? That's it. Those wanna... are my okay. favorite ones. I didn't want to jump in if you weren't done. So oh, my favorites. Could, yeah. Uh, I loved going to the Anchor Bat shop and talking to Matt oh, Rollins. That. that was a lot of fun. There's a lot of stuff that we talked about between the segments, between segments that he's like, "You're not going to air this, right?" And we're like, "No, no, no. This is this is just for us." Like, I still have that on reserve, and it's there's some really cool stuff, and I wish we could share it. <laughs> but, yeah, I wish we could. You know, but uh, so that was a lot of fun. Going to the Greenville Drive was a lot of fun too. We got to, we got set up in a suite. I wish the cameras had worked, but uh, the video the video stuff didn't work with that. Um, but that was a lot of fun getting to talk to those guys, get a little bit more insight about um, because I I worked rookie league rookie level, which does not even exist anymore. It's, it was so low on the totem pole. But those guys talking to them a little bit higher up in in the minor league system and a team that works a little bit closer with major league baseball than what i was what i've gotten to do previously and then touring the stadium was a lot of fun with those guys and taking some batting practice in their batting cage was really cool a little bit painful but it was fun yeah Uh, for those of you that don't know brad took a fastball to the (laughs) belly button no, it was, just, it was not oh, the, the belly nipples. button. It was. The, <laughs> it was. It that's was right. The, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> he, caught some, he caught about 32 laces right on his nipple. <laughs> yeah. It hurt so bad. Oh, that's my right. God. Oh, I have it on dumb. video still. I got to find it. 
Maybe one. Uh, that Maybe one was one. a lot of fun. Oh. David Sampson was was great having on because yeah. just it's it's really cool having somebody who you listen to, like on a regular mm-hmm. basis, right? Like, um, who you kind of you kind of look up to, like their format, their style, and things like that. And then also, um, who's I mean, who's been where he's been, right? He's been the president of two big league teams. Like that's yeah. awesome. I would love to work that's in the front office of a team, and I could have sat and talked to him for hours and just had so many more questions to him about like behind the scenes of baseball and just talk baseball with them. It was, a, that was a great interview. It was a lot of fun. And speaking of guys you listen to and look up to the recent Mike Greenberg interview with Greeny, that so was really good. cool. I've spent a lot of years and I'm sure that there's a lot of you listening who've spent a lot of years listening to Mike Greenberg on ESPN. And he does such a great job that it was really cool to just like get to actually sit and talk to him about his process for something that he's worked on and something that, uh, that I, I mean, somewhere that I want to be right. Not necessarily working at ESPN, but I want to write a book, right? That's one of my goals over the next several years is to write some books. And so I, I, it was really cool getting to talk to him about that. And so some of his process and what he went through to, to finish that. So those are some of my favorite interviews. In fact, the Matt Rollins one, we've got a picture here. Um, I'll pull that up real quick. Um, Right here. So that for those of you watching was the setup that we had. That's just a, a picture of the computer screen <laughs> but yeah. but we had that set up there and um we got i got to take a picture in in his humidor with some of the bats he's got and that for those of you watching that is actually a kyle seager bat that yeah. he that kyle seager used in a game that was really cool to see that because obviously seager played for the mariners and then we have the greenville drive those are the guys we got to talk to we got to sit down and talk to with them what well, we talked with like an hour and a half with them yeah, oh, it was I, awesome. Like half the day with those guys. That was awesome. It was half the day. And what was cool is the is one of them was in charge of the fan experience and the other one was lead sales. So it was like the guy who was making the promises and the guy who was delivering on the promises. And that was yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. It was a lot of fun. And then um we'll get to those other ones in a minute as we yeah. <laughs> as we move on. But we've got other um, ones. (laughs) Yeah. So we've talked about our favorite interviews. What was your favorite? What are what were some of your favorite episodes, Brig? I so I have one very most absolutely favorite episode ever. Okay. And it's the Dodgers round Mount Rushmore. And (laughs) (laughs) only because you almost died. Legitimately almost <laughs> for those of you who haven't seen it, you've got to go back and watch the last little bit of it because what when we do Mount Rushmore's, we don't collaborate, we don't share our answers of who we propose needs to be on the Mount Rushmore. Not even when we're in the same room like we were when we were recording that one. Exactly. And he's here in South Carolina and he's sitting at my dining room table and we're recording this episode. And I am so smugly confident that he can't possibly have picked the same guy I picked. And I say, no, you go first. And he says, no, you go first. And I said, no, you go first. And he says, okay. <laughs> he whips out his, his, I won't share it with you. Go watch. But he whips out his name and it's the same one I had. And I basically beat him to death. No, <laughs> but I did. I punched, I smacked him and I shoved him over and started screaming and he fell over and Oh man, it was just on the floor laughing for favorite. It moments. probably took 10 minutes to get back together after that. Yeah. 
because we were yeah, we were cracking was... up. And you know, part of that I think was a combination of lack of sleep from a weekend. Oh yeah. <laughs> and just the sheer impact caught me so off guard. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was when I was boxing full time. Oh, yeah, that's right. You were boxing. Yeah. So I, I got a lot of impact on that one. That was really funny. That's really funny. One of one of my favorite episodes that we've done out of the entire thing was I loved doing the sunflower seed one. So, yes. So my wife was really gracious and she went, she would just went around town and bought, and bought I think, 14 different flavors of sunflower yeah, seeds. And uh, she packaged she packaged them all up in Ziploc bags and just and numbered them, color coded and numbered them. Yeah, yeah. And so, so we had no idea which was which, and so we went through and we blind taste tested fourteen different flavors of sunflower seeds. My world was rocked entirely because I've maintained my entire life that I hate ranch, and turns out I love ranch. I don't like ranch dressing, but I love ranch flavoring. Apparently, I learned that that episode, and I continue to eat ranch seeds to this day because of it. So oh, it's but, amazing. But no, that was that was a really good one. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I I love all of our hat episodes. I love doing the hat episodes. They're oh the like, Copa I know hats and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I that's the thing is like I know that it's like typical to like rank things, right? To do listicles on podcasts just because mm-hmm. everybody does listicles all the time, especially sports podcasts. But I love listing out our favorite Copa hats because they're so different, so unique. I have actually my Greenville Drive Copa hat on tonight. Um, which, you know, was a whole thing that we went in and Brig was telling people we had a podcast. They let us buy them early as long as we didn't show anybody. That's exactly (laughs) right. Brig's line when I was out there was, Hey, he's in from Arizona. Basically what, what can we do for fun? Yeah. What can we (laughs) get away with right now? Yeah. 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 And it it worked pretty much every time. So I love doing the hat episodes so much. Yeah. It was fun. Baseball family. I, I, uh, I like getting away with stuff if I can. And sneaking yeah. us into places and and getting back backdoor deals and stuff—it's like my and favorite thing in the world. Tremendous anxiety. Every and Brad time. can't handle it. He can't. <laughs> <laughs> so every time we go, every time we go anywhere, he's like, "Okay, don't leave, Brad," because <laughs> I've stranded him before. <laughs> oh man, I feel so bad. Like. <laughs> No, I don't anymore. Say that, but, yeah. <laughs> don't lie. Don't lie. Yeah, okay. so, anyway. Oh, it's great. Okay. But Brad so, likes to sit and watch baseball games, and I like to go meet everybody and have all and, the conversations and see the and Hall see of what Fame you can get away and, with. And see what yeah. I can get away with. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So 200 episodes, not every one of them has been smooth. We had technical difficulties along the way. I think we've only skipped one or two episodes along the way with technical difficulties. Yep. Or illness and things like that. So that's one thing that honestly I'm really proud of is getting 200 episodes in and getting and having minimal difficulties. But there are challenges that we face along the way. Yep. So there is one interview that you did not hear because <laughs> it didn't go well. <laughs> oh man, it was so bad. <laughs> it was terrible. And I, that I text- person, that person knows it's bad because they yeah. have not reached out one time since to ask when it was going well, i even reached out after uh, to yeah. like hey uh we're thinking about airing it this week nothing nothing at all no response and <laughs> i actually texted brig partway through the interview and i was like i'm bored <laughs> yeah it was awful we were not so, going to put you guys through that it was just but if awful. you want to listen to it for entertainment purposes it yeah. is over on patreon you can you can find it. it i think i titled it the lost episode 
Yeah, so it's, it's there. It's over there. Yeah, the audio version is on Patreon. Uh, but... oh. <laughs> Just fast forward through it and get a taste, and then fast forward and get a taste if you yeah, want. Because exactly. it's it's amazing. It's we, worth we a dollar. Did. <laughs> <laughs> so we did. Dollar. So we were doing Zoom at the time, and we did the full 40 minutes with her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it we was, did. But it was, it was not good. So boring. But no. some of the other problems we've had is uh, internet issues. Sometimes you see, especially me, go really grainy if you're watching mm-hmm. on YouTube. Um, that is one of the problems with us being on opposite sides of the country is that we have to rely on an internet connection. And sometimes it's like, oh, going cellular or I've got literally one bar of internet right now. Yeah. So Well, yeah. and when it's raining real heavy here and it's like there's a tornado warning or something out here because that's happened a couple of times, then I'm like, I can't. It's hailing. I can't do anything about the internet connection. It just sucks. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we, we deal with that. The other thing is time zones. It's funny because half the year I'm on Pacific time and Brig is always on Eastern time. So yeah. during the season, especially like we have, we have to deal with time zones and you know, it's, if it was that big of a problem, we wouldn't do it. But there are times though where it's like, oh, it's a little late. It's a little early, you know, things like that. Yeah. So it does. It's get been be way harder in the with. past. Yeah, I feel, I like, feel like we've after yeah, after almost four years of doing this, we've really got it nailed down and figured out how, yeah. how we want to do it. But man, we at one point we were starting at 10 p.m. my time just so that you could get your I kids know. in bed and doing all that. And I was yeah. like, dying. yeah, because yeah, because I was doing it down in like the living room or the kitchen or something. And so I'd get kids in bed and then get set up and then we would start. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. That was interesting. I can't believe we did it that late. No, me neither. In my time, it wasn't bad, but your time. No, no, no. It's like we're wrapping up. It's like one in the morning. Mm -hmm. So bad. Nah, it's okay. It was totally good. I'm just glad we're here. Yep, that's right. Uh, The other one is children's. The children's. children around. Mm -hmm. Yes, the children's have been an issue from time to time. Every once in a while, you'll hear my kids in the background because they're going to bed about the time we're recording. Typically my daughter because she she loves to make a lot of noise. And it's fine because most of the time it's fine because if she's happy, she's making a bunch of noise. But also if she's mad, she's making a bunch of noise. So sometimes you'll hear her in the background. But we were uh, we were guests on an interview. Was it last week or ten days ago or something? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And my daughter comes down covered in vomit, Uh-oh. and I'm looking at her like, "Are you are you okay?" <laughs> <laughs> you really said that to her. <laughs> I mean, I was like, "Is that what I think it is?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, "All right, guys, I gotta go." <laughs> So I went and I had to clean it up and I was able to make it back before the interview ended. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought he was out for the I thought he was done. But yeah, he, he came but that back. happens all that kind of stuff happens all the time, man. Yeah. So well, funny. Yeah, for you, it's I I've been impressed with the amount of times that you have not had to step away being a being a single dad. That yeah. Being the only one there. Cause I'm lucky that I've got Mel who can take who can field kids, you know, if they come out and things like that. But yeah, no, that yeah thanks man it's been that's been hard because there have been a couple of times where you'll see me like my shoulder will (laughs) see and i'm like i'm like you have to go away (laughs) go watch tv or something you can't be here right now and you're half naked go go or whatever 
It's like, why are you blue? <laughs> You're not supposed to be that. We did bath time already or whatever. <laughs> so there's um, one thing, one thing about that that's funny. So there's been a few times where I have recorded my wife has not been been home. And fortunately for me, I have like like I talked about before, I have this green screen. For those of you who haven't seen it, right here, this is it. Um, and there's been a couple times where my son Wilson has come in and he's like hiding down below behind the green screen he's like yeah. dad dad i heard a noise i'm like yeah i'm talking that's the noise yeah. you've been hearing yeah. the last hour. Yeah. <laughs> so i think it's only happened like once or twice but it, it has happened but the green screen for me so like the green screen i have a lot i like to have a lot of fun with the green screen like for sure it's one of my favorite things uh there was one time for work i used it and i made myself into the wizard of oz and that was like oh my gosh it was so fun but Baseball like despite family, that though, i have that somewhere <laughs> by the way <laughs> despite that though like it has been like a problem because i can only wear certain things like i have a i have the green foul pole shirt and i have not worn it on the show since we made the switch up to up to this location i've used the green screen every episode i wear my hats backwards because of the green screen because look at this this has green on the front even like my mariners hats sometimes will will splotch out so i'm i'm not a hat backwards person i don't really like wearing my hat backwards but i don't want to go without a hat and so i'm backwards on the show because of the green screen i'm looking i'm looking forward to the day where i have a backdrop as nice as briggs and i don't have to use it i really am. It, i don't know how nice it is but it, i am i am i've slowly been working on it and building it up i think this it looks great our, this is our uh, Lady Liberty design. It's the Statue of Liberty holding a baseball bat, and her outstretched hand has a glove with a ball in it. And it says baseball together. That's really cool. This is Ken Griffey Jr. from Josh Trout Art. Uh, go look him up. We had an interview with him that was really good. This mm -hmm. I got on Etsy of Lou Gehrig, so don't don't worry about who that's from. It's not like special or anything, but Lou is my favorite ball, ball player. And then this is uh, Golden Hex art. They have a national pastime. Um, like, it's a national park map of baseball. And it's so oh, yeah, freaking it's cool. cool. There's all these, like, little teeny hidden details into it. So you got to look. And then I painted that. That's mine. It's a lot of and fun. And it's awesome. Thanks. Cool. Yeah, man. Uh, let's talk about uh, some of our other favorite moments we've gone through since the show started. Um, Brig, what were some of your favorite on-field moments? Let's get like favorite, let's, let's talk like actual baseball now. Yeah, favorite yeah, I guess that's pre pretty good idea. <laughs> so, um, 2019 home run derby was just probably my favorite home run derby ever. The one that came down to Pete Alonso and Vlad Jr., where mm -hmm. you could hear Vlad Jr. swinging at those, and he was like, <laughs> and it sounded like a rocket ship or phase <laughs> guns, right? And he was just launching them. And he hit like 800 more home runs to lose than Pete Alonso hit. Like, you remember? You remember that? Yeah, that yeah. Was... I didn't get to watch it, but I remember watching the highlights. And I think that like it was like Pete Alonso was more efficient with his home runs, so that's why like he hit him more timely when he needed to. So that's why he ended up winning. And it's kind of yeah. like last year when Julio Rodriguez ended up losing that he hit yeah. more than just about anybody in the last while, but because of when he hit them, he ended up losing. That's right, and that's yep. the competition. That's just the name of the game, but yeah. I loved it. I think as far as my, some of my favorite baseball moments over the last four years, that's gotta be one of them. Um, with the Mariners 18 inning game against Houston. Mm. 
Oh, oh my gosh. I, I'm like, I, we were all every, and it was cool. It wasn't like, it was great. The game was great. Everything about it was fabulous, but the real fun of it was hold the position, right? <laughs> we were all <laughs> texting each other and I was out at a festival and I was like, I'm not allowed to go home and turn it on, but I did anyway. And because, <laughs> but you gave me permission because you're like, I did. Worry, I moved from the couch fan. to the floor because, because this is my thing. It was, I was like, okay, we've been holding the position for this long. We've been in a stalemate. That means we got to mix it up somehow, right? So I moved right, to the floor right. and then Jeremy Pena hits a home. Gave run. me permission ah. to turn the game on and they lost Hold the position. <laughs> so now we don't mess with, we don't change our hats. We don't move from the chair we're in. We don't, if, if I'm on the floor, then I'm on the floor. And Brad's the same way. It's like, it's just it. Rally position. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how stitious we are. And that game was absolutely incredible. And I, I loved because I was checking my phone the whole time. Just couldn't believe it. Yeah. And then I got home and was able to turn it on. Uh, and then my last one, and this is a super recent one, but the final out of the 2023 WBC will always go down as one of my favorite baseball moments of all time. Instant classic. Can't get enough. Mike Trout versus Shohei Otani. Un believably awesome yeah and i called was... it you did yeah it yep. was awesome yeah so i have a what few... about you brad so i i'm just gonna lump in the whole wbc i love the world baseball classic that was a lot of fun it was fun to get to go and get to yeah. see everything all together right um that was a ton of fun that last at bat was amazing um another on field was the COVID year was weird, but I think my favorite thing out of the whole year was actually watching the KBO. Um, yeah. Getting to, getting to actually sit and watch international baseball. It was a lot of fun. Um, and I know that they were like taped or whatever by the time I was watching them in the afternoon, but I don't care. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch them. Mm -hmm. uh, just a different style of baseball. The ball's a little different. They're, they flipped the bat on like a long flyout, and I thought that was cool. I thought that was a lot yeah. of fun. But the one that has trumped it for me this entire time was uh, was Cal Raleigh hitting a walk-off home run against the A's last year to break the drought. Yeah, uh, That was the one moment that brought tears to my eyes as far as on-field baseball, just because I've had to deal with the Mariners being so bad and coming so close for the last 20 years that that was amazing. It was, it was really cool. And for it to be a guy who... Wilson and I have met and he's signed a baseball that we have sitting in my closet Yeah, that like, that was really cool. Be like, yeah, I like have met that dude. That's rad. <laughs> you yeah, know? Brad. Yeah. Like that was, it was really, really cool to see it. And it's just, just such a big moment as a, as a Mariners fan. Um, What about off the field moments, Brig? What have been some of the best things for you? So you touched on one of them already, actually. Um, and even though it was technically on the field, I the special part of it was the off the field part for me. And that was the year we watched KBO. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning of the year, you and I picked the NC Dinos as our favorite team. Oh, yeah. And then they won the whole thing. <laughs> just, yeah. We just fluked our way into a championship. <laughs> yeah, we did. It feels great to win, by the way. I was, and that's my favorite part is all of the fun and the teasing and everything about asking you if it, how it feels to finally win and all, like, <laughs> all of that whole thing was one of my favorite off the field moments for me. Um, and then the other one was just that we had baseball; they reached a CBA, 
agreement, uh, which is redundant, but that's what I, I was, I'm just so grateful that there wasn't a big work stoppage uh, beyond yeah. what we already had to deal with. Yeah. That was one of mine too, was that yeah. not only that they came to an agreement on the CBA, but the fact that we didn't miss any games, we still had 162 games last year because man, that was, it was such a pain, such a pain dealing with that all off season. It was so awful. Yeah. Um, but my other favorite off the field moments um, have come honestly, like I love living next to spring training. Like Wilson and I once a year, we'll, we'll go down on a Saturday and we'll, we'll go hang out just down at the backfields up in Peoria at the Peoria sports complex. And just, and it's funny because him standing there, he has no idea just because right. for him it's, it's become normal because he's been doing this since he was like five, right? Yeah. <laughs> like four or five, he's been going and meeting big leaguers and, and other professional baseball and like minor leaguers and stuff. But like, but for me, like, it's a lot of fun. It's just, it's fun to just get to see these guys up close and see them interact with my son, see the way that they do you know, um, and see the way they interact with the other kids and get them to sign a ball and things like that. And I, I know that someday Wilson will be like, that was actually really cool. Like I get the gravity of that now. Yeah. So, that's a lot of fun. I mentioned the CBA and the other one that's been really big for me off the field is I love living in a state where I can bet on baseball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Since we moved, it was, it was a few months after we moved that sports gambling was legalized in Arizona and it's, a, it's been a lot of fun. Like, um, so I've talked about it a little bit, but one of my favorite things to do is put like 50 cents on, on a 14 game parlay. I don't bet on the Mariners because I have a hard, I often I have a hard time separating uh, my fandom from my, my logical betting. So what I'll do is I'll pick the other 14 games and I'll build a big parlay and I'll see how big I can get it with those 50 cents. And sometimes it like the payout is like $15,000 and a couple times I've come really close, but that's one of my, that's been a ton of fun because then I have somebody to cheer for every single game during the day. Yeah. And so it makes, it makes it a whole lot of fun. But okay, last thing before we wrap things up because we've been going for a while here, Brig. But it is our yeah, 200th we're... episode extravaganza. Yeah, we'd be um, a little indulgent, I think. <laughs> yeah. Last thing, what is on your bucket list for the next 200 episodes? What is what are some things that you want to accomplish or do before we reach episode number 400? I want to go to a game in either Japan or Korea. That's that's one of the things. And I've talked about it before. I've I always bemoan the time that I spent in Korea and did not go to a KBO game. I almost went to a Deuce on Bears game, and I still kick myself for not having done that. So that's one of my bucket list items. Um, I I want to visit Cooperstown, really mm. bad. I just I feel like I need to go and spend probably two at least two days, and really like slowly take it in and let it sink in and and make it special um and then my third one is i want to start a baseball bat and glove collection oh nice yeah and i want um like in a perfect world it would be built on like relationships right where like matt rollins send me a bat and then i have an anchor bat then i have this kind of bat i have this one um but i want to start my glove collection with uh old-timey baseball gloves they have the shoeless joe collection uh the company's the shoeless joe and they they make vintage um model baseball gloves and i want to start there that's awesome 
I like that. That's really what cool. about you? What are your bucket list items? Um, I've always wanted to collect. I've always wanted. For, I mean, just unrelated. I guess unrelated to what you said, but not related to mine. I've always wanted to start a bat collection, but right mm-hmm. now I have nowhere to put them. So <laughs> I right. get in trouble. With <laughs> yeah. But anyway, my bucket list. Um, I I want to go watch foreign baseball somewhere, whether it's mm-hmm. Japan or Korea, or even like Mexico or the Dominican. Yeah. Right. Like I would love to go for obvious reasons. I would love to go to the Dominican Republic in the winter and watch some winter ball. Like that would be really, really cool. It'd be a lot of fun for sure. Um, so that's one of, um, I want to go to the, I want to go, I guess this is along the same lines. I want to go somewhere besides down the street from my house during the world baseball classic. Like, yeah. I, like I really want to go to Miami. I would love to go to Puerto Rico. Yeah. You know, if Korea or Japan is like, in the cards, I would love to do that for the World Baseball Classic, but I want to go somewhere. My plan, or I think our plan, we've talked about it, our plan for the next World Baseball Classic is to go somewhere, go to, to go to the games. Yeah, that's that's definitely there. Um, I have not been to very many big league parks. I mm. certainly have not been to Yankee Stadium, Fenway Park, or Wrigley Field, and Me I would either. like to hit, chalk off uh, at least one of those in the next four years. Yeah. I think it's. And I would love to do all three, but I think uh, with the other things I want to do, I think one of them is realistic. And then the other one is I, I want to go to a World Series game. I don't care where it is. I just want to go to a World Series game. It's not going to be Seattle have... because I don't win. They don't win when I go to Seattle. Yeah, but... don't do that. <laughs> not allowed. <laughs> not allowed in, at, at uh, T-Mobile Park during the during the postseason. <laughs> no, I want to go to a World Series game somewhere, anywhere yeah, in the country. I don't care where. I just want to go. Yeah, those are great. I need to add Yankee Stadium to my bucket list, too. That has to happen over the next four years, no matter what. Maybe we'll make it happen. Yeah. The next, I don't know. We'll see. We'll get We'll get there. We got four years, so we'll make it happen. Yeah, we got time. We got time. For sure. Oh, sweet, man. Baseball family, thanks for joining us for our 200th episode extravaganza. Let us know some of your favorite moments from the show. Do you have a favorite episode? Do you have a favorite interview? Do you have something that happened that you just thought was like – stupid or funny or whatever let <laughs> us know in the mailbag there's a link in the description of every single episode or you can head over to baseballtogether.com and there's a link up in the description as well um brig why don't you uh, tell them about chinook real quick so the the best thing you can do for your face is put sunflower seeds in them and if you're going to put sunflower seeds in your face you might as well do it with chinook seeds because they are literally the best seeds ever not only is that printed on the packaging in a brilliant stroke of marketing but it also happens to be very true. And so for this live read of Buy Our Stuff, please go to ChinookCedary.com and use code BTPOD for 10% off of your order. It supports us with a little kickback as well as giving you what I think are literally the best seeds I've ever had in my life. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, mm-hmm. Baseball family, don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you can. Follow us on YouTube so you don't miss a thing. This is all going to be chopped up into bite-sized bits if you don't have time to listen to the whole thing and we understand you can go watch little bits of it on youtube we drop those every single day so it's all there for you ready to go but baseball family thank you so much for joining us for the 200th episode extravaganza and we will catch you thursday night at nine o'clock p.m eastern time when we go live